Hello, everyone. Just me today. Everybody else had meetings, I think. Maybe somebody will jump in. But I wanted to talk about a question I asked the CTO of our company. We just got a new CTO. Um, about corporate responsibility for mastery uh, for engineers. And first, I have to define mastery versus success. Success is something you don't really have control over. It's maybe you get a promotion, maybe you don't. It's sort of an external thing. It's how people view you, not how you sort of view yourself internally. Mastery, on the other hand, is something that you can strive for with a specific tool or a specific area of knowledge. And you can really dig in and nerd out and become the best at that thing. It's, it's trying to get at the underlying uh, structures or underlying knowledge or skill of a certain thing to become a master of it. And so the interesting thought to me is what is the responsibility of a company to lead and guide and invest in um, its engineers' personal mastery? Um, I think that a lot of tooling and um, a lot of stuff that we do in engineering is sort of fluff. It's, uh, oh, a new tool came out. Let's check it out oh, there's this new thing happening. And it's a lot of news. And when I think of news, it's like news, it has the word new in it because that's the root of it, right? It's the new thing that's happening that's sort of unevaluated. Uh, we're not sure if, of its importance or impact. I mean, some things it's obvious, but uh, a lot of news turns out to be fluff. You don't even remember it a week later or even a day later. So are we spending time in a company churning around on news, which I would say is mostly a distraction, or are we able to unlock these skills and knowledge um, through your career, um, or does that have to happen at home and be something that you put sort of invest your own time into? I think it depends a lot on the situation, but that that underlying knowledge, those skills and mastery really don't change much. If you look at something like functional programming that actually sort of those ideas came first, you know, what, 70 years ago, really haven't changed that much in the fundamental ideas. Type systems and the way you work with types really haven't changed that much. So learning those things, you can be confident that once you get it, once you've really grokked it, once you've invested the time to master those things, you will become... Uh, a person who can apply that knowledge and understand a lot of the news, a lot of the new tools and techniques and things that are coming out and contextualize them and evaluate them much more quickly so that you're not churning on these distractions so quickly. Um, I think of, when I think of companies and their responsibility, I think there are different types of companies. In Boston here, there's a company called ThoughtWorks that I think of. Uh, there was another one, I'm not sure if they're around anymore, called Boku. They used to host the JavaScript meetup around here. These companies, I would put in the area of so closely tied with their corporate identity to this skill and mastery that they, I don't think they're known for paying that well. I don't actually know how they make money. I think they're, I think ThoughtWorks is in the um, consulting business, mostly Ruby. Um, but they really encourage the employees to explore and discover and gain mastery and learn new skills and learn the fundamentals. And, and that's really the focus of the company. 
So if a company like that loses its drive for mastery or somehow loses that identity, the company just kind of dies versus I think of something like Amazon or, you know, Walmart uh, with their e-commerce, some, some e-commerce site or something on the other side of the spectrum. The business, while it does rely on innovation and there's things like AWS and things that came out of these large companies, the, they fundamentally their identity will not fall off if they lose all of their engineers that are driving for this mastery, right? It's not part of the fundamental business. But I would say the business is in parallel with this idea that we should promote this mastery because businesses in e-commerce will flounder if they don't innovate, right? It's kind of a a more or less innovate or die at any moment because these markets are so big and there's always new competition popping up and there's new tools where and, and tons of new engineers, you know, in the market. Um, the, it's it's going to be a case where if you don't establish and, and build market both in business, but also in your engineering uh, knowledge, then the company might not do so well. So it is in the best interest, I think, of any company to promote uh, people's own growth and self-mastery. The other side of this, though, is that I actually think that learning and knowledge and mastery really comes from a personal internal drive. Certainly, external factors can affect how you see yourself and and what drives you and, and, and what motivates you. But really, at the end of the day, it has to be something that you really can't live without, that you, you really want to do, right? That's how real learning takes place and real evolution and, and, and growth as a person. It's, it's, um, it's a little uncomfortable a lot of times, uh, but it, it, I don't see a way that a company could sort of push or force this onto somebody if it's not in their cards, if it's not something that they are set up in their life situation or their context or their mental state to do, Right. So I think it, it, I think it has to come from both sides. It has to be something that that people are um, pe- people have to align their career a bit with what they want to do, and their career or their company has some responsibility to unlock their ability if they want to take that path. So that could come in the form of giving learning time and saying, "Look, you have." Um, as much time as you want to learn something you need to do to get your job done. That's, that's a, that's an easy one. Um, and also you have an extra hour, a few hours every week where we're perfectly fine with you going off and exploring and being curious and finding whatever little nuggets of knowledge that you haven't yet built for yourself. And that encourages this sort of environment for um, self-growth and mastery, which in the long term can pay off huge as long as you uh, all the other things are sort of in place so that you keep those employees at the company. Um, the other best example, I think, is when you have a bunch of people around you on your team who you aspire to be or who have the skills that you aspire to have. So if you're, for example, I'm learning Vim, if I have two very good Vim engineers that use Vim on my team, which makes it a lot easier for me to sort of look around and say, yeah, this is a thing I could do. They can do it. I can do it. 
Um, I just have to sort of pattern their behaviors. And I've gone so far, far as to dig into how other people on my team that I aspire to be like, how they regulate the rest of their lives. And I've actually changed a lot of my behaviors personally to try to be more like that. So it's not super weird or odd to spend late nights digging into some technical project. That's perfectly cool. And that's perfectly fine. That's like a norm for the people I'm around. And that's really aspiring, inspiring. And I aspire to, to do those things. Or something as simple as working out every day. Um, other people say, hey, I work out every day. And since I've been doing it, it gives me more energy and helps me focus. Cool. I'm in. I, I spread my uh, pattern of mindfulness practice. That's I, I think I've gotten a few people at least uh, hooked on it. Um, so th these, these behaviors and patterns are modeled after the people that we're around. So a company, almost one of the best things that they can do other than give people time and space to learn is to hire in senior engineers or people who they want everybody else to aspire to be. So if you bring in somebody really highly technical with a high level of mastery onto a team, I would expect the norms to sort of shift over time within that team to be more and more and more like that person. So I think it has to come from both sides. From the hiring side, you have to have a really good, careful interview process to hire the right people that you need for the right teams and allow people to grow and explore and figure out what they need to, to figure out. And, and if you don't do these things, people just leave, right? This is, these are the big people. Th these are the big reasons why people leave a company. Um, they say one of the number one things is career growth, right? I, I've hit my limit at this company. I know the stack. I know the technology. I'm not learning and growing from anybody else. I've seen teams where when their top two engineers decide to bounce to a different team or a different company, four or five people also leave the leave that team because they're there to learn and grow and model behaviors of those people that they aspire to be. And if those people aren't there, it it's, it's so much more difficult. Um, yes, there's a vacancy there and you could try and step into that leadership position. But again, it's difficult and takes time to learn these fundamental skills. And if you're not there, you would be doing yourself a disservice of trying to jump into a leadership position before you're ready. So this is why people bounce around. And this is why, this is why the top companies for hiring best engineers also get these downstream benefits of having a bunch of people wanting to work there. Because this is what people want. People want to find other people that they can that can be their mentor and learn and grow from. So I, I, I think going back to the original question, corporate responsibility, I think obviously businesses have the responsibility to try to uh, have the best profits for their business. I think in most companies these days, this requires having great engineers, um, especially in companies where they require innovation, uh, new technology, or new ways of doing things. That requires people with mastery. It's really hard to find great engineers with good mastery, and it's really hard to hire them. So I think the responsibility lies in creating the environment for learning and in hiring and paying a lot of attention to your hiring process.
those are my thoughts on that. Um, we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of interesting stuff that is on the list to talk about, um, but I'm going to save all that for when there's a couple other people in the room um, because we're going to talk about what's the best language, uh, which I'm sure is, we're all going to agree on. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about garbage collection, concurrency. We're going to talk about managing up and all kinds of other stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, might put out a, a mid-episode or might just wait till next week. I'll see you all later.